What's up, everybody? This is the Pierce All Bros Podcast. My name is Mark, and I'm with my brother, Pat. The Pac-12 has six teams in the top 25 as the top half of the conference continues to separate itself from the bottom half. OSU gets a big win at home over Utah, and Oregon, Washington, and USC all take care of business. We're a quarter of the way through the NFL season, and is Bill Belichick in trouble with the Patriots? What's happening to Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals? And we break down the upcoming battle of the two top teams in the NFC, San Francisco versus Dallas, this weekend. Hope you guys enjoy it. What's up, everybody? It is October 4th. We are officially a quarter of the way through the NFL season, and that makes it like 33% of the way through the college football season. Last week brought us really one um, impactful Pac-12 matchup between, at the time, the number 10-ranked Utah Utes visiting the number 19-ranked Oregon State Beavers, my Oregon State Beavers. And I'm proud to say Oregon State came away with a win. It was, I don't know if I want to say ugly. I would say it was more boring, unfortunately. Uh, Just a lot of punts, a lot of defense, which is fine. And I'm not against defense. I don't need the game to be 55 to 49 like it was between Ole Miss and LSU, but I'm more of like a 28 to 21 kind of guy. So 21 to seven. I mean, it felt good, but you knew watching after even one quarter, you thought, oh, Utah doesn't have a chance. Like they couldn't move the ball. And we had been talking about how their premier quarterback, Utah's premier quarterback, Cam Rising, had been out so far every game, and they were making it work with their backup quarterbacks. Uh, And kudos to them for doing so. But they finally hit the wall, and you could just see the reason why Nate Johnson was a backup quarterback. He's just not as accurate, not as good of a decision maker, Arm strength is just kind of all over the place. And once you play enough top 25 teams, you're just going to not be able to overcome that. So stoked for my beeves uh, for coming out on top. Uh, That's great. And this is how, and the other teams just kind of rolled. Everybody else did what they were supposed to do. Oregon handled Stanford 42 to six. Washington beat Arizona. Now it's 31 to 24, but Arizona scored late. So not really that close. And that kind of the same thing with USC Colorado. You look at it on paper, 48 to 41. Whoa, Colorado probably made it a game. No, they score two touchdowns in garbage time-ish. And uh, that was that. The top 25 rolls out. Washington's at number seven. Oregon's at eight. USC is at nine. WSU at 13. Oregon State at 15. Utah at 18. So we're still well represented in the top 25 as we should be. And um, going into this week, we kind of have another week of sort of some meh matchups and some high uh, or big name Pac-12 teams, at least with buys. Exactly. Um, Oregon's off this week. Washington is off this week. And even within the conference, there's not much going on. Washington State is traveling down to UCLA. Arizona's traveling to USC, Oregon State's going to California. None of those games are really expected to be much of a barn burner. Probably the biggest game of the weekend is Oklahoma-Texas. 
the Red River rivalry. Yeah. And um, and that's cool. You know, I mean, last week, another another game of note of last week, I think, is Notre Dame went into Duke. Everybody was kind of riding high on Duke. And, you know, Notre Dame had just been beat by Ohio State. Is it going to happen? Notre Dame did win the game. Yeah. Duke made it interesting. The real bummer of that game, of course, is on the very last play of the game. Not only does Duke not succeed, but their quarterback, Riley Leonard, gets hurt and goes down for a month or something like that. He's out for a several weeks, and so that's a bummer for him. Super unfortunate. I mean, they were feeling good about their year, and we're not going to spend too much more on Duke football, I think, for the rest of the year on this podcast, probably. Not looking good. Without Riley Leonard, yeah. Selfishly, I'm a little bit as as boring as Oregon State versus Cal is on paper, and, and I'm sure people will be like, oh, number 15-ranked team in the country against Cal with an offense that's not very good. That game has me worried. I uh, just feel like that is a, got trap game written all over it, kind of a sleepy game. Oregon State cruises down. Maybe if they're feeling themselves a little bit, a little bit confident or cocky, coming off an, an easy win against Utah. So I'm hoping they stay focused. They've lost in Berkeley before against teams with less talent. So hoping that holds true. I think WSU and UCLA, it'll be interesting to see what happens. UCLA's defense has been better than it has been in the past, but I don't think they have enough offense to keep up uh, with WSU, and I think Cam Ward, that quarterback, is going to do what he does and put points on the board. All right, so we've got another kind of midseason weekend in college football. Another couple of weeks here, and certain things are really going to start to emerge. The front runners in the conferences are going to start to emerge. The beginning of the playoff picture is going to start to take place. But we still have probably a couple, two, three weeks before any of that starts to really happen. So um, we're going to take a break real fast. I'm going to transition over to the NFL. All right. All right, we are back. Well, let's take a look at the NFL, both what happened in week four and what's coming up here in week five. As my brother mentioned in the last segment, we are a quarter way through the season. Instead of breaking down every single game, we decided, well, what are we... What have we learned so far, and what are we surprised by so far in this season? And even like last week, what have we, what have we learned so far? Well, one of the things that happened last week is Bill Belichick got the absolute tar beat out of him by the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, they were in Dallas, and Dallas is a good team. They lost last week to Arizona, but, you know, whatever. You lose. You lose games sometimes. They were awful. 3-38. to 38. Yeah. And t- like you said... Dallas has a better roster. So coaching aside, I think doesn't matter who you put as coach on either team. I think Dallas beats New England. But it's raising some serious questions about Bill Belichick's future and if he can still do it, which seems crazy because I don't still know where I stand on like who gets the credit for the six Super Bowls, Brady or Belichick. And the way it's going, it feels like it's uh, an easier, lazy answer to say, well, clearly Tom Brady is the answer to that question. And because Bill Belichick's not only the head coach, he's certainly um, been given the enough power slash authority or decision making to picking the talent on the roster as well, which hasn't performed well. I mean, and Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. 
after after his after time. leaving. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. I mean, it's worth noting that uh, Mac Jones, quarterback for the Patriots, or or has been. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, he went twelve for twenty one, one hundred and fifty yards with two interceptions. That's not very good. And so they benched him in the third quarter after the game. They were asked. Uh, Belichick was asked about it, and he said there was no point in leaving him in the game. Rough. Yeah. To, I can't imagine, I actually am a little surprised it's not a bigger story that he totally, when I first hear that comment, I think if I'm Mac Jones or a Mac Jones supporter, I'm like, thanks for throwing me under the bus, coach. Like, I clearly think, I wonder if some people are reading it as like, the game was already out of hand and it didn't matter who played quarterbacks who got the second streamer back in there. But to me, I hear that and I immediately think like, oh, you think he's not good enough. Or you just at that point in the game in the third quarter, you just say, you know what, we're just not even going to try. Yeah. Anymore. What's even the point? Why are we even playing this football game? Like, like he almost acted like if he could have, he just would have pulled the team and they just would have been done. Yeah, which is embarrassing. Spits in the face of like who Bill Belichick is. Like he's, he's the ultimate competitor, right? He plays all sixty minutes and coaches hard and. And yeah, to say that, it's like, ooh, I can't imagine the owner, Robert Kraft, was thrilled for that. He's certainly not happy with the results. Right. And, you know, it brings into real question whether or not we actually think Belichick might get the record that Don Shula has. I think he's 30-ish wins away. I mean, the beginning of the season, he said, oh, yeah, you know, that's doable. That's like four or five seasons. Like now, they're not going to, do you think they're going to win five games this year? Uh, It would be surprising for them to make it to five wins. And what about his last two plus years gives you a ton of confidence? Like if I, if I was a if I was living in New England, I'd be ready to move on. Nobody coaches or plays forever, and that's part of and that's okay. And, that that is correct. I mean, and so it seems as though the Belichick era might be kind of fading. That sun might be setting a little bit. However, if you go right down the road from New England, you're going to end up in New York, actually New Jersey, home of the Jets who looked so much better last week than they have looked all season against the Chiefs, no doubt. I mean, I think going into the game, everybody thought, oh, well, the Chiefs are going to win, and it's going to be another 70-20 to 20 affair like the Broncos and the Dolphins last week. But no, actually, the Jets played incredibly well. Zach Wilson played great. Except for at the end of the game when he lost a fumble. <laughs> yeah. Fumbled the snap, not uh, okay, but as it was, Patrick Mahomes also fumbled the snap in the football game. Now he recovered it. But Mahomes played less than perfect, multiple turnovers in the game. And I think for the New York Jets, I mean, no professional athlete believes in moral victories except for this one. Because you came into the game thinking exactly what Pat said. Like, if the Jets... This was Mission Impossible to beat the uh, the odds-on Vegas favorite to win the Super Bowl. And a team that, let's be honest, uh, Kansas City, you know, they lose week one to Detroit. They don't look great in beating Jacksonville week two, 17-9. They, you know, hammer a Chicago Bears team that everybody's tearing apart. So they didn't really look all that great. And another week goes by, and Zach Wilson was competitive. He was in it. He kept his team in it. You know, it wasn't like the past Zach Wilson. So there were real signs of improvement, which is, 
I guess, exciting? Or are you as a Jets fan kind of like, damn it, I wish we would have gotten destroyed and then we could really go after another quarterback? I mean, well, they still lost the game. <laughs> which, which, which in the NFL, you know, it's not college. There's no style points involved. So they still did lose. And so yeah. they're still in the running for a decent quarterback. You know, it's it's interesting. I was watching something on Monday. I think it was Rex Ryan or somebody's like, oh, yeah, well, I think the Jets are going to take the, the division in the playoffs. And I said, I don't think so. Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, even it's at this point, even if Aaron Rodgers came back, I don't even know if they get in the playoffs at this point. I mean, they still have to beat the Bills, and they would still have to beat the Dolphins. Now, that was an interesting game. Zach Wilson, you know, 28 for 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes, 18 for 30, 203 yards, one touchdown, two picks. Yeah. I mean, on paper, Zach Wilson played a better game than Patrick Mahomes. It's an interesting stat. Um, they have the same number of losses in their career. Zach Wilson is eight and seventeen, and Patrick Mahomes is sixty-six and seventeen. That is awesome. <laughs> so that's a good one. I mean, you can throw out all kinds of interesting stats in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is forty-one and zero when leading by fifteen points in a game. He has now thrown two hundred passing touchdowns in eighty-four games. That's the fastest anyone has ever gotten to that mark. The Jets look better. They could salvage the season. You know, they didn't. The Jets didn't touch the ball for the last seven minutes and twenty four seconds of the game. Yeah, and part of that recipe, as you said, you know, Kansas City doesn't lose when they go up by fifteen, and they did not. They almost did, and there's probably a few more almosts in that record with not losing. But um, Kansas City held on, and uh, Travis Kelsey comes away with a win for his. Uh, I don't even want to say girlfriend, but, you know, we can't do a sports podcast without saying the word once, Taylor Swift. Okay, it's in there, so we covered that. Um, The other big marquee game of the weekend was Dolphins-Bills. I, for one, now, Vegas actually had Buffalo as a three-point favorite. It was in Buffalo, but we had talked last week, like, it's not December in, in Buffalo, New York. It's September, so the weather wasn't a factor, and... Yes, Denver Broncos aren't good, but 70 points is 70 points. And Miami looked untouchable, and I thought, Josh Allen's due for a bonehead mistake, and he's going to try to Superman over somebody and get clobbered or something and going to create a last-minute turnover. Something's going to happen. It's going to be close. Buffalo was in control the entire game. It wasn't really that fun to watch. Buffalo had... They could do whatever they wanted to do offensively and defensively. Almost zero explosive plays for Miami. They looked very average, Miami did, and they win by four touchdowns. Yeah, Josh Allen looked great. I mean, he threw for four touchdown passes and then rushed for another touchdown. Um, There, I think, I and I said this at the beginning of the season, I think it's the Bills' division this year. I mean, you know, Miami looked good last week against a really bad team. As of last, looking at the game from last week, the Dolphins-Bills, the Bills are clearly the better team. You you can't argue against it. I mean, they they get to play with the, they get to play against each other, and like we said, Buffalo hammers them. I mean, and like from the very very start of the game, it's not like Buffalo was slow to get into it. Now they did have they did lose maybe their best cornerback, uh, Tre'Davious White. Buffalo did. He's out for the season, unfortunately, with. Um, 
an Achilles tear that's going around. So um, that's no bueno, but they look good. Maybe some humble pie for Miami. There were some reports, even uh, Tua said after the game, is like, maybe we needed this. There's some guys were riding too high in the locker room, and so this was helpful. So bring them back down to earth a little bit. Do, I still think Miami's going to make it to the playoffs. Probably. You know, I don't think it's, this is like the to start their disastrous season. Their division is too weak for them to, to be that bad. Yeah. You know, yeah. really, unless the Jets miraculously turn it around. I don't know how that would happen. If we're going to keep it in the Northeast, the Pittsburgh Steelers suck. They're not very good. Or is Houston good? Because that was also an incredibly surprising game. That's true. Like, C.J. Stroud, out of nowhere. I was one that was of the thought that, oh, man, he was he was fine coming out of college at Ohio State. But here we go, another Ohio State quarterback with... All of the weapons at his disposal, and then he shows up to the NFL with a average offensive line, poor weapons at wide receiver, and he can't do anything with it. Not C.J. Stroud. He's proving all of the doubters wrong, including myself, and I picked him up on my fantasy team this week. He's that good. That's the tr- that's a sign of a... Of a You've made it. The gold gold star. When Mark Pearsall's picked you up on his fantasy football team. But uh, they looked really good against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's offense was just trash now. Terrible. I mean, Kenny Pickett, he ended up getting hurt. I mean, he was 15 for 23. It's never a good stat when your leading rusher, Najee Harris, is also your leading receiver. He's been... With one reception. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean they looked they look uh confused, out of sync. It looks like they just started practicing last week on offense. It just doesn't look good. And and you feel like when that happens as prolific and as dynamic as their defense is, JJ Watt at defensive end, Minka Fitzpatrick um, and Joey Porter the second in the secondary, like they have real playmakers, solid all-pro defenders. But you can't help when you play a sport like football if you're a dominant defense. But every time you come across, you come back to the sideline for your break, and you look back, and you're like, another three and out. Uh, yep, our offense is still really bad. Right, and they got Baltimore's coming to town this week. Lamar Jackson's due for like a statement game. Yeah, this could be another seventy-point affair. Yeah. It could be, I mean, those random interdivision games, you never know, but to stay in that division, excellent segue here. I think the most surprising thing of of all in the NFL are the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are 1 and 3, and it's not just their record that is compelling or surprising, but it's how they've looked. They played the Tennessee Titans, which are and Technically would, a football team. <laughs> Technically a football team and inconsistent on offense, but a good defense, well coached, all the blah, 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 all the cliche things you want to hear, but you've got, you know, you've got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and T. Higgins and all the weapons in the world, and they get three points? Three points. That's awful. I mean, at the beginning of the season, a lot of people, us included, were talking about, well, if anybody's going to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC – apart from the Jets, which doesn't count anymore, it's the Bengals, because that's what they've been doing. Joe Burrow, he knows how to beat Patrick Mahomes and all this other kind of stuff. They are hurting right now. And they didn't play like a... a, They only had five penalties, so they're not necessarily shooting themselves in the foot. They're just not playing good football. And a lot of people are blaming it on Joe's calf. I don't know. 
He's like, not very mobile. I mean, if you watch those to begin games, with, he's, yeah. he's not very mobile to begin with. He's really not very mobile right now. But I was watching those games. I mean, he's throwing like with his body. He's not throwing off his foot. You know, it's yeah. awkward. To, I mean, I think he's, I think this season he's, I mean, he can't throw the ball. Like there's no deep threat at all. And so that allows the secondary to play everything up tight. You can bring more guys in on the rush. I mean, no, I think you're right. I think you're right, and it's clearly affecting him enough. I mean, that has to be the reason, and hopefully for the Bengals, um, it is the reason. And so now it's like, are you thinking, should they have been resting Joe this whole time? Because I think a backup quarterback could have got Cincinnati to one and three. Maybe. I mean, and now they're going into Arizona. You are in serious must-win territory at this point, so he has to play. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to who's their next option. Jake Browning, Washington Husky. That's right. He who, must be terrible. <laughs> he really must be. Because all the while, the risk was, no, you can't lose too many games because the AFC is loaded. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got the Jets, which don't matter anymore. But the but still, Buffalo Bills are good. They're going to win a lot of games. Miami Dolphins are good. They're going to win. I think you chalked Miami down for north of 10 wins. Or probably. Uh, for sure. You know, we'll see what happens with the Chargers. Maybe not so much, but there's enough big teams. Cincinnati was in that top tier, and, you know, they lose week one to the Browns' interdivision opponent. They score three points. They lose to Baltimore. They score 24, but then they beat the Rams. But they only score 19, and then the Titans, again, only three points. So it's not just that they're losing. It's how they're losing. So that's the most surprising thing to me that's going on in the NFL. And they, like you said, they've got the Cardinals, which don't have a great record, but the Cardinals have been in every game. They beat the Cowboys. And they've made every team earn it. Absolutely. And you know who's making the Bengals look good, though? And we got to hit this because we're in the Northwest here, are the New York Giants. <laughs> Seattle was in town on Monday, and uh, Seattle came out with a big win, 24-3, looked really good. Kind of, because the New York Giants are awful at football. Prolifically bad. Prolifically bad. We can throw out some stats here. Okay. The Giants have been outscored 77-9 to so far in the first half this season. Their home... Point total this season, they are 64 to 3. They've only scored three points at home. And one more, they have only led this season, four games, this season for 19 seconds. And for those people who that was at the very end of their of their one win against Arizona, and at that time. Giants score, Arizona receives a kickoff, and then the and, uh, the game is over because Arizona can't do anything with it. But that also means New York's offense has never, who has yet to play a single play with the lead. Yeah, they look awful. I mean, Daniel Jones, speaking of can't throw the ball, can't throw the ball. I was watching, you know, he he's one of those guys that prides himself as like a heady quarterback. You know, like, oh, I can see the thing. Like, he was not making very good decisions on Monday. And he throws the ball like my grandma. <laughs> I hate to say it. There's no zip. It doesn't go very far either. I mean, he, yeah. there. I mean, you watch those games. It's like, that ball is not going very fast. It's puzzling for sure. He's tough and he can run. But he's supposed to be able to throw like most quarterbacks can. And he doesn't play running back. They have a few of those on the Giants roster. Oh, man. And they just signed him to a big, fat contract. 
no. Starting next year, he's going to make like $45 million a year. What a regrettable situation Giants have themselves in. It's a miracle they made it to the playoffs last year. It's amazing. Well, they're going to Miami this weekend, so have fun with that. <laughs> they're going to get like, to, to speak to some of the stats, just to stay on this game, because uh, we're in the Northwest, we're, we're Hawk fans. The Giants had the ball for 12 minutes longer than the Seahawks did. <laughs> they The Seahawks' time of possession was 24 minutes. The Giants had it for 36 minutes. Typically, time of possession is a is a fairly good indicator of you you're not going to win based on time of possession alone but if you lead by that much you it's probably close no they lose by 21 but they lose by three touchdowns the Seattle Seahawks which have a good defense but I wouldn't put it certainly wouldn't put put it top 5 you know they they give up 31 to Detroit they gave up 24 to, or 24 27 to Carolina so by no means are they you know the best defense in the NFL. They sacked Daniel Jones 11 times. 11. That's rough. Turn it up to 11. That's amazing. That's an insane amount of stats. Seattle goes only 3 for 12 on third down. Like, that is not a good That's third down great. efficiency. They total yards less than 300, Seattle. Uh, 280 yards. You read all of those stats for the Seattle and you think, yeah, they probably aren't going to win they had less first downs than the Giants they were 0-2 on fourth down Seattle was and the Giants were two for four I mean everything you go down the list they had more penalties than the New York Giants yet they still won by three touchdowns the Giants are that bad so let's let's flip from the maybe some of the most surprising things and some of the worst things to the most impressive team or most impressive things we're seeing in the NFL and for me it's clear-cut favorite. It's the San Francisco 49ers, and it's not even close. They haven't had the the most challenging schedule. They've had an opportunity to beat up on said Giants, so they took care of business there, and so we're not going to make that look like a big fancy win. They beat Pittsburgh week one, and everybody, 30-7, to and everybody's like, whoa, what a win, and that still looked impressive, but... Ugh, Pittsburgh is emerging to maybe not be so strong. Yeah, with every with every week that goes by, they beat the Rams, but kind of close. Again, interdivision matchup, and then they take care of business against the Frisky Cardinals interdivision matchup. That being said, it may feel like I'm making an argument against my case of the most impressive team, but when you look at their weapons, Christian McCaffrey could be the leading frontrunner for MVP so far. Oh my, he's amazing. He can do everything. Yeah. He looks like Stanford Christian McCaffrey again. You, you need know? him too, he can take some snaps. Yeah, and play piano on the sides too. Debo Samuel at wide receiver, another kind of do-it-all type of player. Of course, George Kittle at tight end, Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver again, and Brock Purdy does nothing but win and make the right plays. Like, we talked about, I mean, are you going to confuse Brock Purdy with Patrick Mahomes? No. But statistically, he's absolutely played a better season this year. Got a better record. Got a better record. You could argue he's got better weapons on offense. Brock Purdy does. I mean, you, you could absolutely argue, like, Travis Kelsey's better tied in, but the wide receivers and running backs for San Francisco are better than Kansas City's. But Mahomes is supposed to make up for that. He's supposed to be if not one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, quite honestly, uh, at least being talked about that way. So, But I've been just sincere. They don't allow teams even a chance. And it, it 
like they said, 30 to 23 against the Rams a couple of weeks ago. It was 30 to 20. Sean McVay kicks a field goal with like three seconds left uh, to get it within seven. And in Arizona, I mean, maybe it was kind of close, but they didn't really have a chance. 35 16. I've been really, really impressed. By the, and I'm not necessarily excited to say that, being a Seahawks fan, but you got to call them like you see them. I mean, they're definitely, I can't think of any team, honestly, who's better in the whole of the NFL right now. You know, Buffalo's looking good. Um, you know, one of the things that's really surprising to me, and I almost hate to say it, but the Seahawks are 3-1. and one. I didn't see that coming. You know, like, I it was like, I'm happy that it happened. Mm-hmm. Now, they have a bye this week. That's cool. Next week, they go to Cincinnati. And, and the way the Bengals have been playing, they could come out four and one. Yeah, you know, I mean, and so I'm, I love that it's happening. Now, Geno Smith went down in the game. Drew Locke had to come in. Um, we'll see what happens. He gets that extra week of rest, so who knows? He might be able to come back. But it's it's just I love that the Seahawks are three and one. I honestly didn't see that coming. Yeah, you felt like maybe they played a little bit better than they were supposed to last year, and they regressed back to the mean this year. But you're right; they've taken advantage, and they've you know we we've poo pooed on the Giants a lot. They look horrible, and they are. But you're supposed to beat when you don't play well. You're still supposed to win, and they didn't play well, and they won by three touchdowns. You know the matchups coming up this week. A couple of interesting games. One game of note: Jets Broncos. Uh, you know the both teams are one and three. You know Jets are feeling good coming off of a close loss to Kansas City. They got some momentum. Denver's feeling good. They get their first win against a horrible Chicago team. So both teams are trying to create some momentum. It's one of those games, kind of like Bears Broncos was last week. Like neither team is going to make the playoffs, and that's not a surprise. But just kind of for the narrative, for the storylines of the NFL, it's going to be interesting to see how that game plays out. Right. I mean, if if New York comes to town and Zach Wilson plays really well, that's going to juice the team. If they come to town and it's another like. 27 to 3 or whatever it's all over joe namath himself will come down and (laughs) remove zach wilson from the team so i don't know yeah you're right there are a few big games this week the biggest game of the week sunday night cowboys coming to san francisco gonna be awesome it's gonna be awesome i think the niners are gonna win because like you were just saying i agree with you best team in football but dallas is good they had that little hiccup against arizona but other than that they've been showing that they can play I don't think Dak has enough to beat the Niners. As crazy as this sounds, I certainly have more confidence in Brock Purdy. It's like I don't want to, like, you can come up with a million excuses of why he's as successful as he was, which isn't fair to Brock, because he's like, all I'm doing is showing up as I'm winning. If Brock Purdy was a top five draft pick, and he had the exact same results he has, we would be saying he's the next best quarterback. He's better than Justin Herbert. He's better than all these other players, but because he was the last pick in the draft, it's like, well, he's winning because his coach is a good play caller. He's winning because the roster is really good. I mean, I, I'm i the one saying all those things too. So I think you're right. I think Dak, I have less confidence in. So far, so far Brock Purdy's only lost one game. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, that was a big one, the NFC Championship game, but, I mean, he broke his elbow, so fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I wouldn't even put that on him because, yeah, he only played a quarter quarter and a half, he I shouldn't, think. He shouldn't have even played that. He was yeah. hurt going into the game. So I agree yeah. that, am I ready to say that Brock Purdy is the best quarterback in the NFL? I don't know about that, but 
Is his team the best team in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to have a good quarterback to have a good team? Yeah. I mean. Totally. The the other big kind of fun part about this game, yes, they both have good records. They were both sort of looked at to be good teams. But it's also like the first game, first, both teams will play the their best opponent this week. They both, ironically enough, they've both played the Cardinals. And the Dallas lost, but they've both played the New York Giants, who we've labeled as top five or bottom five team in the NFL. Niners got the Steelers, not very good. Cowboys got the Jets and the Patriots, not very good. So they both look really, really good. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how it happens when clearly they get to face a common opponent. It will be really interesting. I'm giving the Niners the push. It's in San Francisco, and I just think they're a better team. Yeah, their defense is stout. Dallas's defense is good too, but you know Nick but, Bosa, but, Wagner. I also side with Kyle Shanahan. I think he's a better coach than Mike McCarthy down the stretch. If you know that's when coaching matters, these tight games. I believe in him a little bit more than I believe in Mike McCarthy. Right. I mean, I think like you were saying, both of the teams have really good defenses. It could be a twenty to seventeen kind of game. Yeah, I would be surprised if it was. Like, Anybody scores fifty. Oh, yeah. If, even if anybody makes it to 30, I would be surprised. Because right. they want to control the game. They want to have time of possession. They don't want the other offense to get the ball. So Because they got explosive players on both sides. So we're excited for it. It's going to be another good week in the NFL. Everybody, thanks so much for listening. And tune in next week. We'll talk to you later. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next time.